Matthew 7, verse number 28. The Bible says there, And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these guys being here. Lord, we need you just to take control of our class and help us, Lord. Help us to really take this in and appreciate it, Lord, and to get something from it, Lord. Um, God, I pray you would please help us to place a high priority on what you have to say, Lord, and how it should change our lives. Pray you give me the right words and thoughts and spirit, Lord, to get this across how you want me to. Lord, help us to hear your voice through the preaching, Lord. We really do need that. I pray that it would go well beyond just me speaking, and it, you would speak to each heart, uh, mine included, Lord. Give us what we need from this. Um, again, Lord, take control of this and help us to all gain what we need from it. And, God, that our lives will be different as a result, Lord. Um, thank you for all that you do, Lord. Thank you for how good you are to us each and every day. We pray you bless this time. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. You guys can be seated. Thank you for standing. <clears throat> so, guys, we opened up with this last week. I'll continue on today. So, we started out by saying many may not be aware of this, but there is an attack against our style of preaching going on nowadays. Um, I gave you some references. This has happened for a long time. Uh, even back in the Old Testament times in Isaiah, it says they told the prophets, um, don't preach unto us right things. Listen, guys, hey, let's put all that stuff away. It's time to listen up. All right. Don't preach unto us right things. Preach unto us smooth things. We don't want to hear what's right. We don't really care what God says, but we just want it to appeal to us. We want it to go along with what we like. So that's way back in the book of Isaiah. And then toward the end of the Bible in Second Timothy, it says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. People don't want to tolerate that anymore. They don't want to set through that. Instead, they're going to have uh, teachers that they accumulate, and these people are just going to kind of go along with what they want. Tickle their ears is what it's describing. Our style of preaching, guys, is talking about... Let me see if you guys remember. I had two main ideas with our style of preaching. Do you remember what they are? Aiden? One of them Jesus preaching. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Yeah. Anybody remember? If not, it's all right. Okay, so it's got to be built on the truth. It's got to be built on the truth. That is so vital. Okay, so that means, guys, uh, when you're in this class, when I say, all right, our first point is this, invariably we'll say, all right, now look at this verse and we'll prove it from the verse that we're dealing with. All right, that's preaching from the Bible. I don't want to preach my own thoughts and come up with crazy stuff and say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. No, I want to base it off of what the truth says, what God's word says. All right, so it's got to be built on the truth. That's number one. And number two there's a boldness that should go along with it, guys. A firm stand. Um, we call it preaching hard. Uh, it, it should have, a, a, it should be fiery and forceful, and have some some jolt to it. Have some intensity to it. You know why, guys? I don't know about you. The world comes at me intensely all week long. It doesn't take a break. Okay, it comes at me intensely all week long. So when you come in the house of God, guys, we need the word of God and the preacher to come at us intensely and say, hey, this is important. All right. This is vital. This is significant. And we need to value it as such. It's not because I'm preaching it. It's not because I'm really smart because I'm not. It's not because I can speak really well. I wish I could do a whole lot better, but it's because it comes from the truth. Listen, guys, if our boldness, Ethan, comes but we, it's not built on truth. It's foolishness. All right. If you're really bold and, and, and make it sound big, but it's nothing of the truth. It's a waste of time. It's foolishness. But guys, if our boldness spurs from the truth, then I think that's the way it should be presented. Um, in the verse that we're dealing with, verse number 29 in Matthew 7. This is uh, Jesus just finished when he was preaching the Sermon on the Mount. 
You say, uh, where is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount? Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And you think I preach long. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That was a totally side point, all right? But I'm just trying to be like our Lord. No, I'm just kidding, all right? But listen, it says when he finished that, which his last word was in verse 27, he finished it, the message is over. Then verse 28, it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. They sat back and, wow. I've never heard anything like that before. That is so different. Why was it different? Verse 29. He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Listen, guys, I told you last week, the scribes, they would just refer to other rabbis and say, um, Aiden, we're studying this passage. Well, I've heard some rabbis, some teachers say it means this. And other ones say it means this. And then there's a third group that has a variant view, and that's that's their whole teaching. And probably the people in the synagogue were thinking, uh, okay. But what is true, what is precious, what is vital that I need to take home and that I need to live? They would never get to that point. When Jesus preached, guys, there was authority. You know what that's talking about? He was, uh, uh, there was assurance with what he says. There was confidence. There was certainty. He's saying, this is the truth, and this is the way you need to live. A hundred percent. And when the people walked away from that, they said, man, that is different than what we've ever heard. Jesus had some authority with it. I get it. The, uh, the preachers nowadays, my, myself included, we're not Jesus. I get that. But guys, we should build it on what he said, right? We should build it on what he said. I talked about a lot of people have moved away from that. Uh, even some supposed independent fundamental Baptists, they moved away from that, guys. Um, there are certain topics that in church, guys, they don't bring up. The Bible talks about them. But they don't bring them up because it's not popular. It's not going to set well with people. People won't tolerate that. And guys, you know what we've done? We've conformed to people's wants and desires more than we have the word of God. That is a, a crying shame. That's an awful state to be in. May God deliver us from ever falling into that. And I told you it's not even just certain topics or a no-fly zone, but also the whole tone of it. We've just kind of backed off. We've gotten timid. And like I told you last week, a lot of preachers, they sound like they're a kindergarten teacher. They sound like Mr. Rogers. I don't know if you guys remember Mr. Rogers. When I was growing up, this guy, he would wear this sweater and he would, won't you be my neighbor? You know, that's, I don't know if you know who that was. But this guy was an old guy and yeah, he would teach you little, little things and it's fine. But I'm thinking, I don't want my preacher to sound like that. I want there to be some authority. I want there to be some boldness. I want him to tell me, this is wrong and you should stay away from it. And guys, we need to go after people. We need to live for God. We need to put God first. Guys, that's certain. That's, that's assured. That's more important than anything else we hear out in the news or out in the sports world or any of these other venues. They want us to back down, soften up, to compromise. I told you guys this. I'll hit this and then we'll get into our first point from last week. I told you years ago in this class that a certain guy told me that he wasn't liking some of what the pastor was saying. So I sat down with him. I said, all right, well, explain to me what your issue is, what the deal is here. And he said, well, the pastor sometimes, I like a lot of what he says. A lot of what he says is good, it's encouraging, so forth. But um, sometimes he gets on these other religions and he says, you know, the Catholics aren't right and the Muslims aren't right and they're their religion doesn't send people to heaven. And he's like, I don't think that's right. I, I don't agree with that. Blah, blah, blah. I think that you guys should be more like Jesus, more kind, more considerate, more uh, gentle. I say, oh, OK. So you want us to preach like Jesus, right? He said, yeah. So I showed him three different chapters in the book of Matthew where Jesus is preaching it hard, man. He's laying them out. And I said, that's the way Jesus preached. So. 
Guys, um, the message today is this. Preach like Jesus. Listen, if people want us to preach like Jesus, that's what we want to do. And you know what I've discovered, guys? Listen, I've discovered this as I'm working through this, studying this, and even preaching it. Wes, it gives more assurance to what we do. Ethan, it gives more assurance to what we do. Because we can't be backed down and backed off of what's true when we know our Savior preached on these things. Okay? So the message is preached on Jesus. Certain people don't like hard preaching. I just want to go to a church where they're just kind of more chill. You know, they, they're just going to talk to me one-to-one and they're not going to uh, kind of slam it down my throat and they're not going to uh, be harsh on these things. By the way, let me time out before I get you into the first point. Like, here we go again. <laughs> listen, listen, guys. Maybe some of this will be over your head, but I hope some of you will catch this. There is a difference between hard preaching, which is good, and harsh preaching. Harsh preaching is you're uh, talking down to people. Harsh preaching makes it sound like I never have a struggle, that I'm Mr. Perfect, and I you know, walk through uh, the week and never have a problem, never have a slip-up. I'm walking on clouds. I, I wear a halo over my head you know, 24-7. Guys, that's not realistic. I think that's harsh preaching. Also, that would be calling people out by name like that are listening to you. Like some of you guys over here with them green socks. All right. Harsh. That's harsh, right? I don't need to I don't need to deal with that. Hey guys, listen, listen. This is serious though. I believe that to be harsh preaching, that's no good. We don't need more of that. That that does run people off, not for the right reasons, for the wrong reasons. You know what hard preaching is, to Michael? When I get down in these verses and I'm explaining it to you and I'm passionate and I'm saying, listen, this is what it means and this is what we need to do about it. Guys, that's hard preaching, and we all need that. Okay? So there's a difference in my mind. I hope some of you caught that. All right? Listen, some people don't like hard preaching, then you would not have liked Jesus preaching because Jesus preached it hard. So the message is preach like Jesus. We talked about last week this point. Jesus dealt with the destination of sinners. Would you go with me to Luke 16? I just want to recap these things from last week to catch you guys up to speed, but then we'll try to get some new territory very soon here. So in Luke 16, verses 19 all the way through the end of the chapter, Jesus uh, has a message about heaven and hell. It's the story of the rich man and Lazarus, all right? These are actual human beings that lived and then they died. What happened to them? All right? The poor man named Lazarus, he went to heaven. The rich man, it doesn't give his name, but he went to hell. Jesus preached on it. He didn't avoid the subject, Anthony. He didn't shy away from it. He didn't say, oh, man, There's some people that won't like that, so I better shut that down. Um, There's some important people in the crowd today, so based off of that, I'm not going to dive into that subject. That's not what Jesus did. He hammered it, okay? In verse 23 of Luke 16, the Bible says, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. Jesus preached on hell. In fact, guys, listen. In fact, Jesus preached more on hell than any other preacher in the Bible. That's amazing. Listen, we have more sermons from other people in the Bible. You say like who? Like Jeremiah, like Isaiah, like some of these people in the Old Testament. I mean, their books are very long and especially Jeremiah is his sermons just stacked on each other. We have other prophets in the Old Testament that it gives lengthy descriptions about them. But Jesus preached more on hell than any other preacher in the Bible. So what does that tell us? Jesus was trying to warn people. Hey, guys. If you're in here not saved today, there is a burning hell. It's a literal place. And listen, if you're not saved, that's where you end up. That's where you go to. Jesus doesn't want anybody to go there. He's not willing that any should perish. 
But that all come to repentance. The hell was created for the devil and his angels. It wasn't created for human beings. But when people reject Christ, that's where they end up. So Jesus preached on hell. Some people say, I don't like these hellfire and damnation preachers. Just tone it down a little bit. Well, Jesus was a hellfire and damnation preacher. He preached on it more than any other. In Luke 16, he says hell is a place of torment. Three times in this passage, verse 23, 25, and 28, it talks about that that is a place of torment. What does torment mean, gentlemen? What does torment mean? Mm-hmm. Torture. Guys, it's awful. It's a place of punishment. It's a place of wrath. It's a place of, of agony. People are screaming and crying. It's, it says it's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth, guys. That doesn't sound like any place I ever want to go. Weeping, that's crying. Wailing, that's people screaming and gnashing of teeth. I don't know about you. I've noticed this in my own life, Junior. If I have severe pain, you know what I do? Grip my teeth. Because I'm just trying to bear it. I'm just trying to hold it in. Guys, that's what hell is like. And let me tell you, that pain that I experienced, momentary. It hurts for a minute and then it kind of wears off. Guys, this pain never goes away. Mm-hmm. Jesus preached on it. Why would you preach like this, both time? Because Jesus did. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to be like him. He preached that hell is a place of torment. He preached that hell is a place where you're trapped. Verse 26 alludes to this. It's saying the people that go there cannot come out. Once you're in hell, you don't get out, guys. There's no getting out early for good behavior. There's no vacation from it. There's, you know, let me take a time out. Let me get a breather here. Can I get some water? That's not how hell works. Once you're there, you're trapped. You're there forever. That's how Jesus preached. He preached that it was a place of torment. He preached that it was a place where you're trapped. Guys, you don't escape it by doing good. You don't escape it by teaching or by working hard or by sharing with people or by serving. Matthew 7 tells us about that. Many people are going to say, Lord, Lord, we did all these great works. Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. They never got saved. You can do a lot of good things. Listen, feeding the homeless is a great thing. Helping out the poor is a great thing. And we should do those things. But you know where our priority needs to be? Getting the gospel to them. Getting the gospel to them. Listen, if you give somebody a meal, that's great. But if they end up uh, dying and going to hell, it's not helping them that much. If you give them a track, if you say, read this, if you say, uh, it talks about going to heaven on there. Listen, guys. That's much more valuable than anything that's here on earth that's temporary and momentary. Listen, and he talks about it's a place of terrible separation. Several passages, it says, depart from me, depart from me. Listen, you know what hell is? A place where God is not. There's no mercy there. Guys, there's no no forgiveness there. It's too late. It's too late. And the time frame is forever. Some people say, no, I don't believe that. I think, you know, I think when people die, they're just going to get burned up. They're done. They go out of existence. The Bible does not teach that. I showed you guys that last week in Matthew 25, 46. It says they will suffer everlasting punishment. Everlasting. Forever and ever and ever and ever, they're going to be punished. Like we talked about, they're going to be crying those tears. They're going to be screaming. They're going to be gritting their teeth. They're going to be going through that immense horror. Of that place. Because the time frame is everlasting. What did Jesus say? He said the the worm dieth not. And the fire is not quenched. And he said listen. Do whatever you got to do to get away from it. Hey guys. If there is something holding you back from getting saved. Cut it off. It is not worth it. 
Jesus figuratively even brought up, he's saying, listen, if a person's hand is messing them up, cut it off, your eyes are messing up, poke it out and all that. He doesn't mean physically do that, but he does mean if there's something holding you back, you would much be better served, brother, to cut that thing off so that you end up in heaven and not hell. That's what he's saying. Listen, guys, it's that big a deal. It's something holding you back from turning to Christ. Listen, leave that stuff behind. Avoid it at all costs. He's saying it would be better to experience the pain of, 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 of a hand that's lost or an eye that's poked out than to experience the pain of hell forever and ever and ever and ever. And guys, there is one truth that there is only one escape route. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man come up from the Father but by me. Guys, you can read your Bible every day and you should, but that's not going to send you to heaven. You can be a good guy and we want you to be. That's not going to send you to heaven though. Listen, you can be a good member of society. You can work a job and, and do it in a, in a fashion that's pleasing to your boss. You can take care of your family and all those things are great, young man. But unless there's been a time, you bow your head, you close your eyes, you ask Jesus for yourself to save you, to forgive your sins and to take you to heaven when you die. Brother, you're not saved. You need to get saved. Jesus is the only way. He said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Listen, you say, so how did Jesus preach? You guys getting warm? Good? Everybody good? Okay, I'm getting warm. Forget that. All right. Listen. Jesus preached on the destination of sinners. Listen, he's saying this is a real place and real people go there every day. And by the way, guys, that's why we need to tell people about it. Listen, you want to preach like Jesus? Then give out tracts. You want to preach like Jesus? Then tell people how important it is that they get saved and that they get saved now. Don't put it all. All right. We want to preach like Jesus? The destination of sinners. Um, Let me get you to Mark chapter 12. That's where we're going to start out with this point. Mark chapter 12. All these will be out of the Gospels because we're going right from the words of Jesus. All right. Preach like Jesus. What did Jesus preach on? The destination of sinners. He preached on a literal place called hell. Okay. Number two, guys. And this is where we kind of get more into the Christian life, we could call it. He preached number two on demanding surrender, demanding surrender. Now, once you guys get that down, I'll read verse 30 in the meantime, but I want to explain that to you. What I mean by that. Verse number 30, okay? So Mark chapter 12, verse number 30. Everybody there? Did Mike, are you there? I want you to follow this man. Chris, you almost there? Okay. Mark 12 and verse 30. All right? Again, these are the words are in red because Jesus is speaking them. Verse number 30. He says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Guys, not only did Jesus preach on the destination of sinners, but number two, he preached on demanding surrender. Now, all right, look up here. What I mean by that is not Jesus saying, you have to surrender to me. Okay, that's kind of what it sounds like. He's demanding it from you. No, he's not. Actually, it's your choice. But what I mean by it is the surrender that he's calling for, it's asking a lot of us. Okay, that's factual. That's true. Um, Listen, I'm sure the the training that Tim went through, who's in the the fire department now, the fire academy that he went through, um, Wes, I'm pretty sure some of them days where he came home, he was wiped out. I'm sure he was worn out. You know why? Because the training that those guys went through was demanding. That's what I mean. What is it? What are some other words for it? Strenuous. It was taxing. It took a lot out of him. It was intense. It was challenging. 
Right, Wes? I'm sure you had a front row seat for it. They probably pushed him to his limits and beyond. He didn't know he could do that much stuff. He didn't know he could uh, think on this and work on this and, and be carrying this equipment and go into this situation and handle all these different problems. They pushed him. You know why, guys? Because when he walked into that academy the first day to Michael, he wasn't ready to be a fireman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? They had to push him and push him and push him and stretch him so that he could get better in this regard and get better in this regard and get better in this regard. And then by the time that training was over, guys, he's qualified. All right. He could handle the job. Listen, Jesus demands surrender and the surrender he's calling for. It asks a lot of us. And I'll explain this. I don't want you guys to check out and say, well, I just can't do that because I am going to come and sweep you up at the end of that. All right. I'm, I'm waiting for that thought to be in our minds um, so that I can help with that. But it's strenuous. All right. Demanding surrender. Guys. Uh, what is Jesus calling for in verse number 30? What is he calling for that we just read? Yeah, everything we have, right? Hey, guys, listen. He is calling. He It's a very strong call. He's calling for convictions here. Um, these things are strong. They're strict. They're stringent. He's calling for us. Listen, guys, listen, listen. I don't know what has gotten into our brains, creeped into our brains in our culture. But you know what the average person does that calls themselves a Christian? They, uh, well, we'll just talk about it in our context. They will come and they'll pray to get saved. But then you know what they do after that, Anthony? They kind of make it up as they go. Hey, guys, where did that come from? Listen, listen, listen. You know who's in charge of the Christian life? Not you, not me. I don't make it up. We should follow what God says. That should be an obvious statement. We should all say absolutely. But somehow that's got chucked in our culture and in our uh, our society nowadays. We don't believe that anymore. We want to make it up as we go. We want to create our own. It's like on these video games, guys, right? You create your own player. Or you create your own whatever uh, game you're playing. You kind of make it up as you go. You're, yeah, let me put that feature on it. Let me have these weapons and blah, blah. Guys, let me tell you something. That's not the way the Christian life works. You don't make it up. Ethan, you don't make the rules for it, and I don't make the rules for it. Listen, God has already established those. He's already laid out clearly. If you want to be a follower of me, this is what you got to do. But it's like, we're, no, Lord, I don't want to do that. Let me shove that to the side. I'm going to make it up as I go. Years ago, I preached a message called American Christianity. And you know one of the main thoughts in it? I really feel like a lot of people that call themselves Christians in our country would say this. I don't want God to take up too much of my life. Did you hear it? I don't want God to take up too much of my life. You say, what's wrong with that? He gave you your life. He gave you your life. Listen, every breath that we breathe every single day, guys, it comes from him. Every good thing in our life, it comes up directly out of the hand of God. Guys, how can we walk around and say, well, yeah, I'll go every once in a while. I'll do just a little bit that God wants. Here you go, Jesus. Hope you're happy with that. The rest of it belongs to me. Listen, you know what we should say, Lord? All of this that I have belongs to you, Lord. And whatever you want from me, God, I'm willing to give to you. Now, that doesn't mean God's going to have you poor bumming on the street. I don't mean that. God will take good care of you if you put him first. But how dare we just say, Lord, I'm just giving you this tiny little token There you go, Lord. You better be pleased with that because all the rest of this is mine. No, you don't have anything in your life that he hasn't given to you. That's good. His surrender that he's calling for is demanding. Guys, he says, I want you to love me. What's that word that um, pops up, what, four times in this verse? 
Yeah, probably a couple do, but all is the one that I'm focused on. All, all, entirely consuming you. Guys, all your heart. We can spend a lot of time on this, but what does that mean when I say you should love God with all your heart? Hmm? Yeah. You know what I think that's talking about, guys? All your loyalty. Everything you have. Hey, guys, you can't love somebody with all your heart and then when we use it in the context of a girl, oh, I love you with all my heart, baby. woo No, you don't. That thing is divided up. Pretty, pretty jacked up, I would also say. Right? Hey, guys. Hey, hey, hey. How about this, though? How dare we say, Lord, I love you with everything that I have. But that overtime is looking good, man. That leaving you and, 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 and doing this nasty stuff, that party looks fun, Lord. But no, Lord, I love you with all my heart. No, you don't. We've got to be real about it. And I'm not saying I'm never tempted with things, but you know what? We better every day saying, Lord, you're number one in my life. That's loyalty, guys. We've missed that. Listen, you don't make up the rules and neither do I. Jesus does. And he says, listen, to Michael and Anthony and Junior and every single guy in the class, I want you to love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, everything that you have. But Aiden, I don't know where in our culture and I don't know where even amongst Christians we have just gotten rid of that. And we say, nope, delete file because I'm, I'm going to love the Lord with a very little bit of my heart, uh, not much of my heart, not much of my soul. None of my mind, because I'm going to fill my mind with trash. And uh, my strength, no, my strength goes to my job and doing what I want to do. And if I have any strength left over, maybe God can get a little bit of that. Mm. Are we kidding? He's saying, listen, this is this should be for all of us. Guys, he wants our full commitment. Does he have your full commitment? Mm. Hey, guys, if you're on a team on the first day, they're saying, are you committing to this team? Mm. Yes, sir. All right. Then they're going to push you. They're going to they're gonna stretch you and strain you. Listen, come on. If you've ever been in that environment, if you've ever been in those settings, listen, I'm sure every one of us is saying, yes, coach, every suicide you want me to run. Yes, I really want to do it. No, you don't want to do it. But they push you. They keep pushing you towards this. Good morning, man. How you doing? You can grab a seat. Aiden, can you get him a Bible just so he's ready and find the Mark chapter 12 for him? Thank you. Are you Paul? Yes. Nice to meet you, man. I'm Tom. We're dealing with uh, Mark chapter 12. He'll get you a Bible here in a second. But guys, the surrender that he's calling for is demanding. He wants your full commitment. He wants your all. Guys, he wants your all. He wants my all. Everything that I have. That's a high standard that he's given to us. Listen, it's not, again, create your own. It's not do it yourself. It's not whatever you want to make up as you go and whatever you feel like. You don't make it up as you go. Listen, the Christian life, listen, again, God sets the standards. God sets the rules of what it is and what it's not. He wants your full commitment. All right. Will you also go with me to Luke chapter 14? Luke chapter 14. So you're in Mark. Go to the next book. Luke 14. Again, so what did Jesus describe as far as surrendering our life to him? Now, guys, listen, when you get saved, you don't have to. It's not that you're. uh you know, signing away everything else in your life. I'm not saying that. But when you get saved, listen, he's calling on you to surrender after that. He's saying, give me your life. Hey, you gave me your eternal destiny. You're saved now. You're on your way to heaven. But I want your life now. I want your existence here on earth. Give it to me. That's what Jesus is saying. Um, Luke 14. Check out verse number 26. Pastor, I think, referenced this last week. 
Let me catch it in verse 25. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them. Can you imagine? I just imagine this as a big group of people, or a huge crowd is following Jesus, right? And to me, it's like Jesus just stops and turns to them and says, you want to follow me? All right, here's what you got to do. Verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brother, and sister, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. I'm thinking, <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> right? Like, that's tough to swallow, Lord. What do you mean? Hey, guys, as Pastor explained last week, he's not saying you actually have to hate your mom, dad, wife, children, brother, sister. Some of you are like, yeah, I hate my sister already. Check mark on that. No, that's not what we're talking about, all right? You know what it's talking about, guys? Listen, listen, listen. He's saying this. Your love for God, your love for Jesus, should be so far surpassing your love for anything else in life that, guys, it should blow it away. Your love for everything else in life should look like hate. You understand that? In comparison, it should not even be close. That's what he's saying. Everything else in your life, you say, man, you you love your family, and you should love your family. But you should love God way beyond that in comparison to everything else in life. Listen, your love for God should blow that stuff away. It should make it look like hate. You ever seen a car that's just going along, um, maybe on a road, a highway or something, and they're going along slowly? 30, 40 miles an hour. Can I tell you, though, 30, 40 miles an hour uh, is pretty fast when you're walking or when you're running. Like, that's really fast, right? But 30, 40 miles an hour on the highway, that's not fast. Mm -hmm. Then you see a car that just blows past them going 70 or 80. Anthony's like, that's going to be me one day. And then there's going to be a cop pulling you over one day, all right? We're going to be visiting you in jail on the next day, all right? But listen, listen. What would we say about that car that's going slow? Man, he passed him like he was standing still, Right? This guy's, right? Say, that car looks like he's standing still. Guys, that's the way our love for everything else in life should be compared to our love for God. Our love for God should zoom past that. It should go way beyond that. Guys, you're a full commitment. Listen, so that means he's calling for that from each of us. He wants us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength. And everything else in life compared to our love for God, should look like hate. Everything else should fall short in comparison. Look, at, you're in Luke 14, look at verse 33. Jesus says, so likewise, uh, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus uh, um, is talking about a disciple. Pastor mentioned last week, that means a devoted follower of Christ, a disciple. He's saying, listen, you can be saved, but if you really want to be serious about this thing, you got to leave that other stuff behind. That's what Jesus said. That's what he preached, all right? So nothing else should be close. Let's go to Luke chapter 9 now. So a couple pages back for you guys. Luke chapter 9. In verse 23. Luke 9, 23. And I'll have you stay here probably for the rest of our time. All right. So preach like Jesus, right? How did Jesus preach? He preached on the destination of sinners, a place called hell. All right. All right. Number two, he preached on demanding surrender. Listen, the surrender he's calling for, it stretches us. Listen, what I'm saying is this. Some of the things Jesus asks us to do, um, we're not naturally inclined to do. Right. I started talking about the coach. Uh, when they tell you to run, you're not like, oh, boy, coach, I was hoping you would have us run more today. You're like, Ugh. but you know what? He knows you need it. He knows you need it for that fourth quarter. He knows you need to push your body to get to a point where you can handle that, that handle that pressure, handle that hardship that you're facing. Listen, that's why he pushes you. Listen, that's why Jesus is saying, I'm trying to stretch you and strengthen you 
and grow you in this. All right. So he's wants our full commitment. Everything else should fall short in comparison. And then Luke nine twenty three. All right. Again, he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Hey, guys, who said that? Jesus said that, right? And this is what he's calling for. Listen, people say, tone it down. Just be nice. Just be gentle. And there, there's a time for that. All right? I don't think when you're counseling one-on-one, you need to be in somebody's face, you know, wagging your finger in front of their face. I don't think so. But as far as preaching, guys, it should be intense. Listen, Jesus talked on a place called, uh, spoke on a place called hell, and he said, our surrender to him, it's demanding. He's calling for something that is asking a lot of us. I get that. Full commitment, falling short comparison. And then he's saying, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. You got to forsake control. (laughs) Again, guys, this seems so foreign to much of what is going on and calls itself Christianity nowadays. We say, no, I make it up as I go. I don't want to deny myself. I mean, if I want to party, I'm going to do that. I want to drink. If I want to mess around, hey, I'm still a Christian. Hey, guys, what did he say? You need to deny yourself. If there's something that God's calling from your life and that you want to divert from, you need to say no to yourself and yes to him. You say, Brother Tom, that's hard. You got it. It's true. And it's hard for me and it's hard for you. Okay? It's not always easy. He's saying you need to deny yourself. Guys, the greatest example of this is when Jesus himself was in the garden. What did he say to his father? Not my will but thine be done. He's saying, I'm sacrificing what I want, what I choose, and I'm telling you, God, that I'll do what you want. Hey, guys, that needs to be the case. Listen, that needs to be the case if you're new to this church. Listen, you need to ask, Lord, is there something in my life that you want me to give up? Okay? And ask him to show you. Ask him to make it clear to you. Guys, if you've been in this church a long time, you need to continually have that willing heart. God, is there something you want me to do? Is there something you want me to get rid of in my life? God, show me. Make it clear. And when he does, we need to be willing to do it. Guys, we need to be willing to do it. We need to forsake control, deny himself. Not my will, but thine be done. And then the next part of the verse, let him deny himself, take up his cross. How often? Daily. Daily. And follow me. Daily. Hey, guys, he wants faithful continuance. He didn't say, Aiden, Aiden Tripp, I want you to to deny yourself on Sunday. And Aiden says, check did it Sunday. The rest of the week, man. All about me. Back to church on Sunday. Lord, I'm going to deny myself and put you first. Guys, that's not what he said. He says daily. Mm-hmm. You say, brother Tom, there's things in my life that maybe I naturally want to do, things that are wrong, but I'm supposed to say no to that? No to me? My desires? No, 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 no. I didn't sign up for that, man. I signed up to go to heaven when I die. But I signed up to do whatever I wanted here still on earth and get away with it. I'm sorry, buddy. That's not the deal. That's not the program. Listen, Jesus should be in charge now. Listen, and you should love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And you should deny yourself and you should do it daily. Faithful, continuous. You say, again, "Mm -hmm." that's hard. That's tough to swallow. That's not easy. I agree with you. I agree with you. Take up his cross daily, every day. That means Monday, I'm denying myself. That means Tuesday, I'm denying myself. That means Wednesday. And there's some pressures that go along with following Christ. He's saying, you do that on a daily basis. Now, now guys, would anybody say, as I've been repeating, would anybody say, both Tom, this is kind of hard, right? This is kind of difficult. You'd say, man, I don't, maybe there's a thought in your mind, 
I don't know if I can do this. I've heard guys say, I don't know if I can live that life. I, I just don't have the strength. I, I don't know if I'd be able to make it. I, I don't want to, right, Chris? I don't want to start out and then mess up and fall off. So I'd rather just not start at all. I've had guys tell me this. Hey, guys, you say, why are you talking about this? This doesn't seem like something you should talk about in church because this is what we all think. I mean, when it gets hot and heavy and we're, we're really dealing with the issues, we think, man, I could, I could never do that. I, I can't be perfect. I can't do this on a daily basis. How would I ever have the strength to hold up? All right, guys. Listen, this is why. Listen, listen, let me say this. The Christian life is too hard for you. It's impossible for you. It's impossible for me. Then you like, dude, if you just said it's impossible, why are we here today? <laughs> why do we have our Bibles? Why did we come to hear about God if you just said there's no way you can keep it? Listen, it's too hard for all of us in our own strength. Mm-hmm. Listen, guys, what is it called? It's called a Christian life, right? Mm-hmm. Christ needs to be at the center of it. He needs to be the leader of it. Listen, you don't have the strength in and of yourself. You listening to me today? Listen, you don't have the strength in and of yourself and neither do I. But you know who does? Christ. And he lives in you if you're saved. You know what Jesus said in John chapter 1 verse 12? Listen, he said, as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you forever. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He lives in there forever. And, guys, he'll help you. You say it's hard to cut off the wrong music. Yeah, I know. But he'll give you the strength to say no to it and to cut it off. Listen, you say, man, Brother Tom, these temptations, they're difficult. They're hitting me from all angles. It's hard not to fall to them. I understand. I feel the same pressure. But you know what? We have a God that lives in us to give us the power to say no to those things and to give us the power to do right. Mm -hmm. Listen, guys. There's days you don't want to come to church. There's days you don't want to read your Bible. There's days you don't want to do right. You just want to say, just put it off till tomorrow. Give me a break. Give me one day off. No, guys, let God do it through you. You know what the Christian life is? It's basically uh, let Jesus drive and you just go along for the ride. If you're trying to control everything yourself, you don't have the strength. Neither do I. Listen, what did Jesus say? I'm going to back this up. John 15, 5. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, that means to stay close. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Get this. For without him, Jesus, you can do nothing. Guys, you can't do it without him. So yes, when I'm calling for these things and Jesus is calling for these things, he wants all your love. He wants everything else in your life to look like hate in comparison to it. He wants you to deny yourself and do it on a daily basis. You say, bro, you're killing me. This is weighing me down. There's no way I can handle all this. You're right. But Jesus can help you every day, guys. And listen, if you're going through something now, you say, I just, I don't have the strength to hold this up in and of myself. Guys, that's why we have a God. That's why we have a Savior. Listen, he came to help us with these things. He came to save us from our sin, but he came to give you victory over your sin. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It says... Um, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So guys, he's given us the strength to overcome these things. Second Corinthians says, when I'm weak, he is strong. When you don't feel you can make it anymore, say, Lord, I need your help right now. Guys, that's exactly what he wants you to do. Listen, because as I said, you don't have the strength to do it. I don't have the strength to do it. 
But God has the strength to help you and to help me and to help you overcome all of those challenges that you face. So can I tell you something? Factor that in this week. When you're at your job, when you're at your school, when you're in that situation, when you're at your home and you're saying, this is hard. God, I I know I need to do right, but man, it's difficult. Listen, one of the greatest Christians in the Bible, Paul, the Apostle Paul, in Romans 7 says, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I don't want to do, I do. I mess up all the time. The stuff that I know I should do, I don't. I mess up. Guys, then the next chapter, he starts talking about the Holy Spirit's power. You know what he's saying? What I cannot do in and of my own power, my own strength, God can help me do through his strength. You hear that? You hear that, guys? So there's no excuse for saying, man, it's just too hard for me. Obviously, it's too hard for all of us. But with God's power, you can do it. You've got to ask for his help. All right? And then, guys, there's a fulfilling climax. In, uh, you're in Luke chapter 9, I believe, verse number 24. It says, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. You know what he's saying, guys? If you give your life to him, guys, a life given to Jesus will never be wasted. Mm-hmm. But a life kept to themselves will always be wasted. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Listen, Jesus is calling for your life. He's saying, give me control of your life. But, guys, when you do, it's not going to be a waste. But listen, if you keep it to yourself, it'll it'll uh, fizzle out in your hands. There'll be nothing left. It'll disintegrate. It'll be gone. Jesus said, no man that has left house or brother or father or sister or, or, or wife or children or lands for my sake in the Gospels. It says he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. That's Mark chapter 10. You don't have to turn there. But he's saying, I will repay it now in this time. I will take care of you. And he'll give you... Um, what you need. I also saw this verse last night. Whosoever shall give you a cup of cold water to drink in my name because ye belong to Christ. Verily I say unto you, you shall not lose, he shall not lose his reward. You know what that means? Even the smallest um, act done for God is not lost. Guys, it's not forgotten. It's not a waste. Listen, guys, what did Jesus preach like? Jesus preached on the destination of sinners. If you're not saved, you go to hell. That's a scary place. You don't have to. Jesus is the way out of that. The only way. He also preached on demanding surrender. Listen, when Jesus said, all right, you want to live this Christian life? You want to be devoted to it? Okay. He didn't say, well, just make it up as you go. Whatever the stuff you don't like, Wes, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Just slide that to the side. Just focus on the stuff that you like. No. He said, if you want to follow me, you need to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Everything else in your life should look like hate. You need to deny yourself and on a daily basis follow me. You say, That's heavy. I don't know if I can handle that. You're right. You're right. None of us can. But you know what? God will give us the strength to do it. If you feel like you can't, you know, some people say, I can't, I just can't live up to uh, uh, what God wants me to. You know why that is? It's because they are trying to do it in their own power. And you're never going to be able to do it. Hey, guys, listen. At uh, 8 something this morning, I got in my car and I started that thing up and drove to this church. Aiden, if I had to push my car the whole way here, I might not have made it to church today. You know what I mean? Because it's not designed to work like that. Hey, guys, the Christian life is not designed for me to be over here. Listen, you do have to put forth effort. Don't get me wrong. But you know what? you got to have that engine working. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. He will push things along. He will help you. Hey, there's plenty of times where you don't want to do it, but he'll give you the help. He can make you want to do it. 
He can help you as you do it. He can give you strength to do it. There's times you're tired, you're worn out. You say, I just can't. He'll give you the strength to keep on going. Guys, that's the great God that we serve. Listen, how did Jesus preach? He preached on the destination of sinners. He preached on demanding surrender. Listen, he says, listen, you want to follow me? There's some strict rules, but you can follow them with my help. Let's bow our head and close our eyes.